Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, this week we are concluding our adventure with The Well. If you've enjoyed this series, I highly encourage you to go out and pick up a copy of your own. The Well is currently available as a PDF, and we found out the good news recently that physical copies of The Well have arrived and are shipping out soon. They're going to Kickstarter backers first, but if you missed the Kickstarter, you should still be able to pick up a physical copy if you hurry. I believe for the time, they're only sticking around while supplies last. A huge thank you to Shoeless Pete Games for sponsoring this series. And if you want to find out more about The Well, you can follow the links in our show notes. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. You are the first of a new race of fungus people. Change the well forever. You have to be a fun guy, so. <laughs> a fungu. A fungu. Alright, cool. So who do we do we roll for initiative? I don't even know what happens. Does is this the credits? <laughs> so you don't need to you don't need to roll for initiative. Um like it's basically the enemies only one enemy has like kind of noticed where you are and it's it's started to act against you, but it's not like in a dangerous spot just yet. So uh, we'll start with Leonardo. Leonardo, what are you or your parasite doing? So what has a hold of me again? It's Is it also fungal-based? or It's a tangle. So it is like the dead flesh that has like rotted off of a zombie has like become its own sort of creature. Got it, got it. It's, it's like a, a weird slithering goo mess. Uh, we love goo, so I feel like uh, we're in our we element. We do love goo. Fungus? Mm-hmm. Fungus can kind of like grow out of organic matter. And now I'm not saying Leonardo. Oh, yeah, that's. Oh, that's gross. Nasty. Uh, we're looking at a picture of it right now. I'm like, how does how does fungus want to interact with organic rotting flesh? Probably. I mean, this is like analysis. Now this is becoming very sciencey. Hold on. Yeah, your parasite well, crawls I out mean, of your brain. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You do have this brain parasite and it probably wants to be able to like control flesh. It's flesh I'll bet eating. it wants to spore in some way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that process is That's very a new host body for is it. It's very slow. But maybe maybe like Leonardo like outside of his own inhibition leans into this flesh eating thing and kind of just like opens up his mouth exhales and picks this moment to try and proliferate is that the word that i'm thinking of or like profligate there's some kind of sciencey word that's also used in magic the gathering for uh fungal based monsters propagate yeah you're you're yeah i i i feel like i have heard the word before but i cannot remember uh what what the right word would be but like i am totally into this I think you have a plus two circumstance bonus of being the only being on earth that is able to like house this parasite. And now you're working together with the parasite to like spread it to this thing that rules. So you've got that plus two there. I don't really foresee a skill bonus here um, and a tool bonus feels like far-fetched. The thing that I will allow you to do though, there are gambits that I think you could pull. Is there anything that you would like to risk for extra dice to to maybe 
speed this process along or what have you? Yeah, sure. I I am going to really, really try and like exhale in like a uh, scary way on this thing and like really try to like produce something like earlier we saw someone like spit out kind of like a fungal growth when but that was mel right mm-hmm. mel did that i think mm-hmm. yeah leonardo is going to try and like produce something outside of his body that has maybe been nesting in him for a while um that's more than just like airborne spores in doing this then like try to like rip himself off so that he can continue to be this catalyst subconsciously for this fungus host inside of him i don't know if this will help him get off or if this will just make it more likely to inhabit this flesh eating creature or flesh comma eating creature (laughs) here's what i'm gonna do for you i think this is a, a two dice gambit what is gonna happen you will get the urge to actually sink your face kind of into the tangle so you can cough and deliver like this, you know, payload of a spore nodule to it. The risk there is that if you roll a one on any of these dice, you're deeper in it now, which could be a real problem for you. But you know what? This is And it is gross. Shot, it's so also super gross. For it. Yeah, it's very gross. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of goo like this thing. I feel like there's kind of a poetry in being destroyed by the thing that you love, goo. So I'm gonna go for it. I'll I'll stick my face yeah. in it and try to put a fungus baby inside of it at the risk of being totally uh, destroyed. Okay, roll two d six. Here we go, Google. Oh, Google. Google. <laughs> there we go. Ah, Google. So. Friends, I got a total of four, one, three, and a one. So, okay. but you do get to roll one more die because he said it was a two die gambit for a yeah. total of three. So you do get an additional oh, die. Nice. But the gambit does go off, and we'll address that. In a and second. a six. Hey. Oh, oh, we'll roll, we'll roll another die. Well, don't mind if I do. <laughs> so that's and ten. another six. And roll again. I got another oh, six. Oh, okay. keep going. So we're at sixteen. Twelve. Yes. Yeah, sixteen. And then a two, so 18. I mean, hey, that rules. Okay, so one thing that happens, this, like, as you sink into it, it squeezes hard, and basically it's trying to to pop your head and squeeze out that, that nasty brain and slurp up all your juices because tangles are, are gross, bad, little, little nasty boys. But it doesn't know that you're doing this. Still, it is delivering to you what would be a lethal blow in a lot of circumstances. So you've got, I think, at this point, it's six stress. It's either die or six stress. So, you know, the solution is take the six stress, probably. And is there any way to share the stress with the fungal host? Have I unlocked a new fungal health bar? <laughs> uh, it's not a new fungal health bar. Like when you when you get when you move through your stress bar, that's actually just when you start taking more permanent injuries or or more severe injuries. Uh, so let me know if you've exceeded your stress. But if if you haven't, you know, take it taking that six stress is just like, oh my god, you almost got crushed. Okay, yeah, I'll take the stress again. 
in that crush you like cough and, and dislodge this thing and like even in the darkness of all of this you can see this glowing ball of bioluminescent fungus like delivered into the the, the strange darkness of, of this tangle and it explodes in front of you it explodes in like this hallucinogenic vision and like we, we can see like in the biological view the fungus like rapidly interacting with and rewriting and resporing all of this dead flesh and i i feel like instead of getting crushed inside this tangle it just like drops off of you and becomes a glowing puddle on the ground meanwhile i want to turn over to rue rue You've got a mission. I what have, you doing? I think I locked eyes on that revenant, and I, I, we were all holding hands. I, I squeeze Blaze's hand and I say, "You, you should go. I have to do this. This doesn't have to endanger you." And I'm gonna squeeze the hand, let go, and then stalk across the the, the compound to that door where the revenant is trying to get free. I've, I've you know, I've tunnel vision now. I'm not even paying attention to Leonardo's travails. And I'm just going to stock up and try to smash it down with one great blow from my giant hammer. All right. In moving, you can see that this revenant is like kind of bone serpents have been pulled into the resin too. Mm. They went to like find the sound and they, they got pulled into... The resin, uh, so there could be bone serpents around. That That's a thing to be aware of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're doing this hammer blow. You've got a plus two tool bonus. This is absolutely the tool to the job. Right. I'm pretty sure you have a skill bonus for this, right? Or no, that's... No, my skill is for first aid, actually. It's the opposite. Well, I'm going to give you a one skill bonus on this because you you just know... Like revenants have like kind of similar to human biology, yeah. right? So you know where to strike to end this quickly and humanely. And I'm thinking I could play a gambit where if it goes wrong, I attract like all the attention instead of yeah. just some attention or whatever I'm going to attract anyway. That uh, that makes sense to me. That feels like a, a two die gambit because attracting attention in this moment could could go very hard with you yes all right so i will roll three dice three a six and a one and my six gives me another three or 16 yeah so you absolutely obliterate this revenant uh like the two of you make eye contact and you know, maybe it's there, maybe it isn't. You feel like you see an echo of the humanity that this person mm-hmm. once possessed. But you take her head clean off and, like, it explodes into <laughs> dust. Which, you know, it's actually surprisingly quiet until her body goes slack mm-hmm. and spilling off of her neck because her head isn't there anymore is a very pretty charm that must have come from the pot and bell shop down <laughs> the way because it is covered in bells which jingle to the ground as they clack against the floor 
and that attracts all of the bone serpents. You can see their leering, terrible, socketed eyes like come through as they rattle slowly against the ground, alerting and, and calling not just the bone serpents, but you can see sloughing down from the windows now are these tangles from before. But you absolutely obliterated this revenant. I think you probably even clean, cleaved through some of the bone sure. serpents that, that were trapped in, in that gooey resin. Blaze, now we're turning to you because big decisions are happening. Like, I think as Rue squeezed your hand, what's your attention was pulled away from, from Rue for a second. You look back at Leonardo, who was in the middle of a tangle, but the tangle, like, suddenly glows from within and, like, sloughs off and dislodges. You can see, like, your weird, chilled-out phase that Leonardo sometimes moves into you you might have like a minute where you've got a process what am i even seeing then you you hear a path and the jingle of bells from around the corner and the deafening rattle of so many bone serpents and you've got decisions to make you could probably run, run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could run and save just yourself you could try and uh, help Leonardo, or you could commit yourself to trying to help Rue. What are you going to do? So my gut reaction is the this glowing pile of goo on the ground seems like not harmful anymore, or like like it seems as though it's not active, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think that... That does make sense. She is going to instinctively start picking it up and throwing it at these creatures that are coming towards them and just hope that that like does something blinds them distracts them does something all these bone snakes and everything like rapid fire is just gonna start throwing goo because she's not gonna leave her she's not gonna run away and leave her friends so i love it Hopefully it does something. I'm going to give you a plus two tool bonus for this weird fungally activated goo as, as a weapon. Are there any skills or circumstances that you think you're bringing to the table or gambits that you would like to take? You have the gooselinger perk, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, you get that at level four. Gambits. Okay, well, I guess I could drop all my seeds. Ooh, ooh. Well, you did get a lot of seeds, so the idea that you would drop all of them is, I think, far-fetched. Though, if you want to risk all of your seeds, I would say that is absolutely a plus three gambit. That would add three dice to a total of four that you're rolling. Otherwise, I could see, you know, in degrees, dropping a single jar of seeds, that would be a one-die gambit. Dropping a multitude of jars of seeds, like maybe the majority, would be a two-die gambit. It's it's up to you. What degree of risk are you taking on for this? Just to reconfirm how the gambits work, if I do this, it happens mm -hmm. no matter what. Like, I'm dropping the seeds. No, uh, the gambit is if you roll a one on any of your dice, the gambit goes off. Both Peter and, and, and Mike happened to roll ones on on those gambit things so so the thing happened all right and i have three jars of seeds right 
I, I, I think they're all like tiny jars. So I feel like you've got dozens of tiny jars. Some are stashed into bags. Some are like jammed into your pockets and whatnot. So, you know, if you, you could lose a small number, a medium-sized number, or literally all of them. All right. I'm going to... I'm going to risk losing a medium-sized number of them. So okay. if I, if it fails, so at least I'll still have a little bit of seeds. And if I die with a little two, bit of two seeds, Two bonus then, dice? Hey, two bonus dice, okay. Yeah, you know? Two two bonus dice and plus two. two I got a, a four, a six, and a five. That's great. Yes, keep rolling. And any of the dice that explode will not add. The ones don't matter. So you've already you've already passed the threshold there. And a two. So a 19, I think, is my total. Holy crap. Yeah, things are just going super well. Like, you scoop up, like, fistfuls of of this glowing goo. You get yourself over the wall, and you just start hurling. You're throwing it, and it's splattering on the tangles. It's splattering on the bone serpents. You can see your friend Rue, like, is is shouting to run while he's bringing his war hammer down on these serpents that are approaching him. But you absolutely wreck house on a bunch of these creatures. Like, this was a pretty big swarm, and, like, it's still a going concern. But you've hit them all, and they react weirdly. Like, all of the bone serpents, when this goo, like lands on them it kind of flows into them and they start seizing up like they're not really rattling they're just like shaking and and not moving almost like a a glitching animatronic meanwhile like the tangles are slowly spreading throughout their bodies uh, is this bioluminescence as they turn into more of this weird fungal goo puddle and you know you're just scooping up as much as you can hurling it over the wall, trying to support Rue while he desperately fights for his life. Leonardo, I think you become a little bit more lucid as Blaze is like doing this. Like there, there probably been like a minute or so where, where, where this fight has been going on. What do you do? Leonardo was just laying face down in the goo while Caramel Danson uh, was playing and the lights were rapidly changing. And he is slowly like coming goo or two uh Mm -hmm. and he pushes himself up and looks and and sees what's going on and he says it's not my problem and he goes back down and lays down in the goo (laughs) uh just kidding he he gets up (laughs) you know what this will probably be a good time to pick up my little spear and rush into the fray and start poking at the little guys you know doing enough to make it look like i'm contributing (laughs) definitely not the 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 Gandalf in this Helm's Deep battle. I'm more of like just some <laughs> guy at Rohan who is a red shirt, but who makes it through to the end. So maybe, maybe the hobbits and like some of the action scenes where they actually get to fight, like you're doing stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it's like when Pippin throws draw, a rock you're doing stuff. and it hits a, it hits an orc and they're like, oh, <laughs> didn't do that at the Shire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming down yeah, from you, my you, ego. Death. You've got a plus one for, <laughs> <laughs> you've got plus one for the tool bonus there like the spear isn't the best tool for this but it'll work do i do a roll yeah yeah unless you want to take any gambits because you are always welcome to do that if you want. i don't really want to take any gambits enough gambits have been been taken I, i've got some seeds in my bag too but i'm being a little more protective of them 
and that's good Fair because enough. I rolled a one. I rolled a one. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. So I guess. Oops. So yeah, you you know you get up <gasps> and like a minute, like sort of your vision swims into place. You're, you're kind of seeing what's going on, uh, taking it in. You you see your friend fighting for his life. You vault over the wall and like try to stab at a bone serpent. Um, you, you chip off some bone a little bit. It's not like you, you slay a serpent outright, but like you're also tripping. You also just suffered a bit of an ego death. Like, you know, you've got a lot counting against you right now. Hey Heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I have a new book out and available now. It is the Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide, a collection of prompts, exercises, and mini-games to help you develop settings for your role-playing games. You can find it now wherever books are sold. And if you head over to bit.ly slash ultimateworldbuilding, you'll be able to find a list of online retailers but you'll also be able to find it in all major brick-and-mortar retailers and, probably with special ordering, your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore. And if you've already purchased yourself a copy, you can still help me out. If you head over to Amazon and Goodreads and leave a review for my book, it'll go a long way to showing my publisher that RPGs are definitely still capturing the public interest and help me find work writing more RPG titles. Even if you didn't purchase your book through Amazon, you can still leave a review, and it is still extremely helpful. Thanks, heroes, and happy reading. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment to thank our backers on Patreon. And thanks to my incredible spouse, I have a new list of backer names for you. Andy Etter, thank you so much. Captain Facepalm, thank you. Maddie Rose, thank you very much. Jack Lundy, thank you. Chris, thank you so much. Tony Vasanata, thank you. Leland, thank you very much. Justin Burgess, thank you so much. That Gamer Priest, thank you very much. Uh, that Gamer Priest recently gave me a wonderful interview on the influence of religion and the world is fear. You can check that out over at their YouTube channel. Steel Starling, thank you. Timothy Carter, thank you very much. Scarlet Sasquatch, thank you. Timothy Scrag, thank you very much. Watson. Thank you so much. Faden, thank you. Mopey Lopey, thank you. Sonny Kibu, thank you very much. Andy Henchy, thank you very much. And Eli Jonathan, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone for supporting us on Patreon. Without you, we wouldn't be able to make shows like this. If you want to help us keep making One Shot, please head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast to sign up and join these fine folks as a backer. In return, you get cool audio bonus content and other rewards. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. How about instead of doing a successful attack, using my spear, I accidentally do kind of like a flawless pole vault that I would never have been to in been able to intentionally do and i like managed to pull vault onto the, like the there's like a second floor like balcony or something and i accidentally like mm -hmm. launch myself further into the compound on the second floor where there's no immediate stairs down <laughs> and i'm just like uh, go go and get them everyone <laughs> i'm up here so now. at this point 
at this point, I'm going to set off the action pool for the remaining tangles and, and bone serpents. I'm going to say, like, Rue, you're surrounded right mm. now. Your friends have provided really good support, but there was a period of time where you were fighting alone without <laughs> them. You definitely took some bites. Mm -hmm. There's stress. I think you've got, I'm going to say, six stress. Yikes. Also coming at you probably a pretty easy decision to deal with it blaze you are mostly removed from from this combat at, at this point you know i can't really justify you suffering any stress leonardo you didn't roll super well so what i'm going to say is actually kind of an awkward landing on that second floor balcony one stress one stress or you know like spraining your wrist is, is the I'm option i'm gonna sprain my, my wrist because i'm at a lot of stress right now so Cool. Let's brain a wrist. Better your wrist like than it. your ankle. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You're, you you oh, you you land kind of awkwardly, but like you're there. Let's turn to Rue. Rue, you know, at first it looked like this is where you were going to die, but because Blaze chose to stay and like has this miraculous substance that is really just messing up all of these serpents and melting away the tangles. You have a chance here. I don't know what that is, but don't stop. <laughs> and I'm going to book it to, to regroup with Blaze so we can try to try to make an exit from this, this cavern before we get overwhelmed. Blaze is just like, thank God I'm wearing gloves. <laughs> I should be wearing gloves. I'm not touching this. And probably never again. Those gloves are going to stay up here. Yeah. <laughs> Leonardo, you trapped yourself on on a the second level. What what do you, what do you do? As like you're you're looking around, you actually have a great top down view of all the stuff that's going on. Do you have a concept of the fact that like this weird bioluminescent substance came from you? There's a there's an innate understanding of what's going on. Like Leonardo understands on a very deep cosmic level, but not in a like rational closer to your your surface consciousness uh level of understanding but his like body knows what's going on even if his mind doesn't and in this moment as he's popped down viewing what's happening he doesn't feel good and he's just like stirred up inside of him all of this like his inside goo if you will and he's feeling he's feeling sick after coming down from this trip and this is like what something that heard actually happens when you do take mushrooms and then pole vault uh, is that you become nauseous <laughs> i think now would be a good time for leonardo to uh spontaneously projectile vomit more of this goo just out of his mouth and onto hopefully more of the bad guys than allies you provide some kind of cover <laughs> plus two tool bonus for sure yeah as far as getting out of here I, I i do think leonardo's first instinct is to try and leave so he might be able to i don't say jump off the balcony because i feel like that's going to be dangerous but is there maybe like a tapestry on the wall another one of these like large black light paintings that he could like maybe try and claw his way down or like a chandelier we love a chandelier in a fantasy setting yeah 
<laughs> I I like I like the idea uh, that there's a big tapestry that that you could scrape down. What what I want you to do for me, roll roll your vomit first. <laughs> that is that feels very appropriate. Step one, roll for vomit. Mm-hmm. For we are playing with folks from the Neo Scum crew. This feels like <laughs> you a knew it was yes. going yeah. to happen. Yeah. I'm banking on it. It's on brand. I rolled a base three plus two, so that that's five. Hey y'all, you did manage to hit like the the fifty challenge rating that I had for like all of these things getting set off at once. Whoa. So congratulations there. Oof. Oh my god, this vomit is gonna do it. <laughs> There are these weird bulbous nodules that like spill out in this projectile vomit. When they bounce and hit the ground, they explode like these weird spore grenades. And then all at once, there's this bioluminescent haze capturing all of these weird bone creatures and, and tangles, causing them to like seize up and stop. Leonardo, you're very, very disoriented at this point. I am going to say that you definitely have the opportunity to go over to this tapestry and, you know, claw at it or whatever and like rip your way down it. But it is going to give you too stress or you're going to fall and that is probably going to sprain or break a leg. Oh, no. So what's the deal with stress? I feel like I'm at about 10 stress right now. 10 stress that is your max stress so after that the stress that you take on there are more permanent consequences for it you know that this this is a weird one because you're not being acted on by an enemy you're being acted on by the environment I'm, I'm trying to deal with the fact that like we're trying to cram two actions into your turn here yeah and this felt like the most appropriate way to do it i i'd say because we're close to the end of the adventure mike i think you could probably manage the stress at, at this point or maybe i can catch him Oh, that's true. I also could yeah. go back in further into the second floor and, you know, maybe I'm right next to the fire escape. <laughs> I, I like the idea of Rue trying to catch you. That yes. that makes okay. sense. Leonardo! Leonardo! Let down your goo! <laughs> <laughs> Onwards and upwards, friends! I'm taking a mental picture. Leonardo <laughs> jumps. He tries to like grab onto the tapestry to like slow his fall into Rue's arms and like George of the Jungle it into Rue, his large mm-hmm. armored friend, and I will roll for that. This is a role playing game. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's, it's not just a role playing game, it's a role playing game. That is never thought of that. I got a, I got a six too, so <laughs> oh. that's probably as good as it gets. Yeah, I think you're in a pretty good position. Uh, Rue, can you roll to catch? I rolled a four. I think, like, together, like, that, that get, that's an overall ten. I think you two acting in concert, you're able to catch Leonardo, you know, with without any additional injury. And I think it's time to, like, move into a montage of you all very quickly backtracking mm-hmm. on the trail that you took to get in here. You know, you're all very disoriented at this point. You've got adrenaline pumping through your systems. Blaze, thankfully, left that beacon in place. So you always know the right way to go. As you move back to these tunnels, you make it into the the corridor where, where you know the teeth are. And you have to very quickly, like, try and rein it in and calm yourself down. Move across that room. You do eventually do it. And 
after a while, you find yourselves back at the gate. You know, you're, you're covered, at least in Leonardo's case, in bioluminescent vomit, and you're so bone-tired and, and stressed out, and your injuries are, are starting to ache and whatnot, but you have made it back. And now, I think finally, wrapping this up, I, I just want... I want to know, first of all, you all did get to pick a plant or seeds, so which which seeds were preserved? I'm going to say wildflowers. Is that, like a, is that fair? Like a mixture of wildflowers? That's fair. Yeah, That's I like that. For, for candles, too, I feel like wildflowers yeah. is a nice one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonardo cheese uh, grabbed ooh, mm, watermelons. Ooh. Ooh, big, nice. Big, uh, well, I'm sure they'll probably be like small, stunted watermelons because we're growing them in this inhospitable place. But that will probably make them like very flavorful. Yes, yes. And oh, oh they're yeah. going to be so easy to turn into a fine goo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I was going to say cucumbers, but that's really, I don't know. It feels like watermelons are just, just feel too near each other. So I'm trying to think of something else that I like planting. Ferns. I'm going to go with ferns. Ooh, Ooh And that's, that's a beautiful kind of luscious green that you're going to get out of that, mm-hmm. too. So, yeah, like, I, I think we see this montage of, like, when you get back, there are just so many seeds. And, like, you know, we, we, we see Leonardo's, like, like hand being wrapped up in, in a splint so that he can heal. While there's this pile of dirt that Blaze has, like, spread out across the floor. And you're taking from all these jars and, like, slowly planting things and the thing is some of these seeds are hundreds of years old like some of them are just Mm non-viable but you do get a tiny sprig for a fern a tiny sprig of a watermelon and and these little shoots of wildflowers coming up and then slowly we, we see time elapse as these plants grow and grow and i'm gonna ask what are the consequences of this? Like, you know, we're now at several weeks later where some of your plants ha- have grown. You know, y- y'all are older. What what happened? At least for Leonardo, what I think is the most interesting outcome for me is that he continues to be the premier gooman of Bastion, selling his goo wares now with new flavors, especially, or, or rather potentially new flavors coming soon depending on how far we are in the timeline but i think one there's probably a establishing shot of leonardo at home sitting idly and staring vacantly with (laughs) his cat goobert on his lap and there's a shot of of the cat's eyes glowing blue in the same way uh that his eyes glowed (laughs) and then also probably shots around town of like these kids who take Leonardo's goo and their eyes also glowing blue intermittently or like one child just like levitating in his sleep in some like (laughs) weird place where it's like you're like oh my god these humans are there's gonna be there's gonna be an outbreak of some strange like mutant goo related Uh either disaster or salvation yeah I love that what about for Rue? Let's go with Rue. 
uh, I think Rue is really not impressed or overwhelmed exactly, but um, feels like the reintroduction of these plants to Bastion is a really big deal. And he feels for the first time in some years maybe a new calling to care for and, and make sure that these plants propagate and, and become broadly spread throughout the city. And so I think he finally does what his family has wanted him to do for so long and hangs up the hammer and devotes himself to to gardening, which, you know, in, in our modern world is a little bit of a, oh, you know, some person who just lives at an old, he's retired and gardening now, but this is really a, a calling for spreading greenery, returning greenery to Bastion and uh, adding a little bit of joy and peace back into this underground world. I like that. Blaze? Blaze is in her shop, which appears to have gotten even smaller, mysteriously. And it was already small before. Uh, She's in there, she gives Petal a little scratch on the head. You see a bunch of different candles, new, new scents. There's candles with the teeth in them. There's the piss candle, all all kinds of candles, and super popular. It's super popular. And then we get a special X-ray shot behind a false wall that she has built in her apartment, and it's full of rare plants, plants that have not spread around that she is growing for herself. And it's green and lush and glowing. It is very, very pretty. And that's her her little secret. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we can we can see her happy just in the greenest place in the world. And and we pull out past the false wall, past the ramshackle and sprawling living space that account for the upper layers of Bastion towards the well. And then we move up, up past the gate, past the first, the second, and to the third level, where we once again pull through that intimidating, rusty door and down the narrow and winding passageways into the area you left behind. This perfume plant where things were being refined, where we can now see a strange and eerie, I'm, I'm going to say a glowing cyan bioluminescent forest where the body of the revenant that Rue put down is is now like walking around and we can see painting a wall and just moving this brush up and down. The dead flesh on this revenant looks much, much healthier. Even though it lacks a head, it, it is moving in a more articulated way. And uh, we pull back from where this revenant is painting and can see on the wall this bioluminescent, slightly psychedelic depiction of Gubert. Uh, Leonardo's cat is just painted huge on this wall. And that's where we'll end it. Wow. Yay. A lot of fun. Thanks, Wonderful. everybody. Yeah. Oh, I, I had so much fun playing with all of you. Yes. Yeah, same. That yeah, was who, who knows? 
This episode of One Shot uses music from the following artists. Rise by Louis Lyon. Choose Your Own Adventure by Brightseed. Rainbows and Candy by Dreamlamp. Coat of Arms and A Dark Past, both by Wicked Cinema. Laquias Equation by Cody Martin. And Russian Waltz by Federico Ferrandina. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with the Sentinel Comics role-playing game. In the meantime, be sure to check out some of the other wonderful gaming programs here on the One Shot Network. As always, we end one shot with a call to action, and heroes, I want to encourage you to call your representatives about an issue that's important to you. Calling your representatives is a great first step to direct action. Tracking incoming calls is one of the way members of Congress determine what their constituents are interested in. And because not everybody calls their representatives, a few calls can make a big difference on key issues. When I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you'll be able to find summaries of issues around the country, along with contact information for your representatives and scripts to read while you're on the phone to help you get your message across. And while you're calling, I also recommend voicing support for Palestine. The U.S. enables a lot of violence perpetrated by the Israeli government. And as the issue fades from the media cycle and out of the popular consciousness, so does pressure to change U.S. policy. But calling frequently and consistently can change that narrative. Five Calls does not have a script supporting Palestine, so you'll have to go at your own there. But I sincerely hope that you do. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.